To paraphrase Donald Trump, no podcast has been treated worse or more fairly than this one. Hey, look, so it's a heck of two roof lights. Uh, the stylus house frame furniture and the uh, scarf cushions with the uh, mats and shag pack over. Okay. Right. It's a terrible parcel to the party with the blue bags. Have I made myself clear, bags? Yeah, that's perfectly clear, Mickey, yeah. No, on second thoughts, let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place. Right. All right. Hello, and welcome back to the Substandard, sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks with free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. I'm Victor Mattis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd also like to remind you that the Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look under Podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Gentlemen, how are we doing uh, today, this week? Uh, JVL, how are you? How's your week been going? Great. I was at the beach with the family last weekend, and we had a milestone. What milestone was that? Family milestone. My oldest son, tall enough to drive his own go kart. When we went to race go karts, uh, what's the? Is it forty eight inches? Oh, it it varies by the go kart place you are, and by the type of go karts they use. Uh, And so, at the our go kart destination of choice, which is at the Golfin Dolphin, the Golfin Dolphin, the Golfin Dolphin, which has batting cages, miniature golf, driving range, go karts, arcade, and uh, and bowling, Mm -hmm. and it's open even before Memorial Day. The stuff is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, well, this is not Jersey Shore. This oh, is like yeah, North okay, Carolina. So, okay. Yeah. And so we go down there, and he basically, because he hasn't gotten a haircut in a while, and his hair was sort of like poofy and windblown, he was able to just squeak under the line. <laughs> and so we got some awesome races, including some fantastic father-son, like, you know, Dale Earnhardt Sr., Dale Earnhardt Jr. That's like very exciting. Getting into crashes with spin-outs oh where the gosh. guys had to come out on the track to turn to us that. around and stuff. And he was so into it, and it was great. Uh, can't wait for that. That's 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 terrific. Um, there's not much of that in uh, in Seaside Heights. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Too much space. That, uh, yeah. This is the problem. The, Go-karts the, require also, too much too much. It's kind of loud and obnoxious and lots of bumpers. And, you know, there's bumper cars, but it's it's a little bit crazier. Plus, you know, when you get that whole scene from Jersey Shore that come down, it's, it's it's not as a, it's, it's, it's not as a f- family friendly scene. Dr- drunk driving go karts, yeah, basically, yeah. Would be how it's it is. Not pretty. Um, Sonny, how about you? Uh, I had a fantastic weekend. I uh, I was out cleaning my grill so we could we could start burning animal flesh, not tofu or tofurkey or any of this <laughs> nonsense. Burning actual dead animal meat on a on top of fire. What kind of grill do you have? Uh, you know, I actually couldn't even tell you. I have a 
it's uh, I'm not like a, I'm not like a grill fetishist. You're not a man. I'm not a, I'm not a grill <laughs> fetishist. I got I got a I got a four burner from Home Depot for okay. two hundred dollars. So is this gas charcoal? It's gas. Gas. It's gas. Mm-hmm. We're actually not allowed to have charcoal, and my my homeowners association like forbids it. It's against our um, really insurance policy or some some nonsense. Does it cook over the flame or with infrared heating? Cooks over flame. What is I? I'm what not is, a, I'm is not is a James Bond villain. I don't like no, refract infrared, laser beams no, onto so the meat. Infrared, the infrared systems, which I believe Charbroil has pioneered, is where the that's the what I have by the way. Charbroil are underneath a U-shaped metal uh, no, pan almost, I, I and what that crap. does is it gets it disperses the heat more evenly and sears in the flavor. Yeah, better sounds, than the open flame. It's that great. sounds that sounds like nonsense. Uh, I don't have that. It's, oh yeah, no, it's it's that just science. Like, that sounds like don't, nonsense. I'm sure it's nonsense. I'm sure it's only science. I'm sure sunny. science uh, has found a better way to burn meat with fire. I'm it's sure a way to get extra. I'm sure that's this, totally, the infrared I'm system. I'm sure that's right. Is a way to bake the GMOs uh-huh. into your meat. Well, if, if <laughs> well, look if 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 charbroil offered a GMO adding fire, I would definitely get that because that's how you get your nutrients. The GMO <laughs> injections, uh, but while I was cleaning the grill, I uh, I pulled my hamstring. I uh, I actually like I was like leaning over and getting I was like scooping the grease out, you know, from the bottom of the thing. S M D H, sonny. S M D H. And I like I just I felt it. I felt it go. I felt the string go out. I felt it. The the string went right out of my leg. You, you shouldn't exert uh, yourself so much. And uh, and it was it was really it, for it was a clarifying moment for me. I I, under, I finally understood how those professional athletes felt. You know, while I'm standing on the metro today, I'm trying to, you know, I'm hopping from one leg to the other, trying to find the the proper balance of weight. I really understand what they go through when they they have these debilitating on field injuries. So this is the progression of age. This is what it means to get older. When you are young, you get injured playing sports. Mm-hmm. As you get a little bit older, you get injured practicing for sports. Mm. You get a little older than that, and you get injured doing everyday activities like cleaning out your grill. And then when you get older, you get injured in your sleep. Like injured you in w- your sleep? <laughs> you wake up, and you're like, oh, God, I pulled something oh, overnight, <laughs> and my back yeah, is hurting. I just, I just rolled over the wrong way, and yeah. then I tore my ACL. <laughs> Um, sleep injury. That, sleep injury. I hope that doesn't happen. Excellent. Can't wait for that. I went to. We uh, should rank those injuries. We rank injuries. Good. <laughs> Obviously, grill cleaning injuries number one. Yeah, that's, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty number close. one. Yeah. It was a million to one shot, Doc. Yeah. I went to uh, grill some steaks myself on Sunday, and it was time for me to unveil. You know, uh, the my charbroil, in fact, which is a lovely gas grill that my sister. And her husband. Does got it me. have the parabola infrared? No, no, uh, meat no. Ray it also has from, everything from Doctor No. It does not have that. It does come like with all these grills do now. These, these sort of semi fancy grills with that the sear station or the thing that you can grill your vegetables on that side thing. Oh yeah, those yeah. are great. Yeah, I never use it. Mm. Never use it. So I I take off the covering because I'm always careful about putting that covering on. What you mean like the, the side burner where you can put yeah. like the the pot the pan on and like yeah, saute yeah, yeah. stuff? It's, it's yes, it's separate. Yeah. For, I've never used you never it. use it. No, what do you, never, what, never, never, never. So I t- you, do you just not make vegetables? Not, oh, what is that? What, do you, is, what, what, is, what is what are what are these zucchini strands? I yes, don't understand. Exactly. Green. So I take it out. I open up the list. Say, okay, I'm getting ready because I bought new grill grates. Mm. Right, the other ones that seem. Oh, do you get the flat ones? Um, no, it's I got them on no. No, 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 I got them on Amazon, but Mine are they were cast heavy. iron. They're so great. I was looking forward to this. I, I was a little. I had some reservations because it said made in China. You know, I'm sure it's fine. Know, <laughs> that could have been a great ending. Uh, and the uh, where the flames are underneath, and there's that sort of broad metal covering to disperse the heat underneath the um, underneath the grill. 
it's these like long metal plates had completely disintegrated oh, in no. rust. Like so, I guess mm. I hadn't used it since last summer. I guess or uh, let's see, it's spring now. The yeah, drip so pan, since the right? Fall. Is the drip pan? No, above the drip pan. Above, above the, drip, the pan. drip pan. So it's above where the blue flames come out, and it is the blue flames which obviously turn bright yellow. I'm not a science guy, but it's like this thing that you know, it's like a plate that goes over it. Anyway, completely just disintegrated, crumbled. On uh, it's done. You mean like it's, the little tent shaped thing? Yes, the little like the tent shaped thing things. that goes over the burner, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that distributes the heat. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That's exactly. Thank you. Sorry. I, I wasn't. I wasn't entirely. I was I imagining even know like what a it is. flat yeah. sheet. I, I don't know how to explain just, it. Okay, and. Um, uh, but it's done, and you know Vic's not—he's not a science guy like you and me. Yeah, you know, no, and you can it's, order these like parts from Charbroil. The, They're like ten bucks. Yeah, I don't know. But did you just buy a whole new river? The rest of the whole thing looks a mess. Did you just push it into the rust? Did you just push it into the river? Well, no, and go buy another one. Because that's, it's, yeah, that's the, what I you would, do. I wanted that's to do the equivalent of what uh, Mike Goldfarb used to do when he lived in an apartment. You know, he was a deep fry king. Do you remember this? He was a deep fry king. And he said, oh, the pain, the oh, pain no. in the S is those, you know, all that oil in the S. What'd you do? He goes, I just put it in a garbage bag and dropped it down the chute. <laughs> oh, God. He goes, oh, it'd make a great splat. You know, from like ten floors down, better he's, than pouring it down the, the drain. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it's better best. than pouring it down the drain. It's true. Uh, so, is, uh, it, is it actually? I don't know about that. Somebody, you know, it made the rats in the city happy. The rats were so happy, uh, and they're out now, by the way. But uh, if anybody has uh, any uh, thoughts on whether I should just continue maintain gas. Or go to charcoal. Um, Don't go to charcoal. Uh, Thank you. Uh, share your thoughts. Taste the meat, share not your the thoughts, heat. Share your thoughts on Twitter. Taste I'll be interested. The meat, Get the green egg. You I know, I was going to say, you're probably the, the kibachi. You, this, you are the why, perfect. Why? Because I'm Asian? No, wow. because you're into all the wow, special ways. The kibachi is for the real racist. foodie types. Oh, oh really sure. really like sure, to do the sure. special extra uh, ways. I took that as But also because you're Asian. I took that as a You're Japanese, right? No. I, 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 you should see how Korean? I, yes, yes, in fact, in fact, JVL, when I cook with the knives, I put on a whole show. <laughs> you should see, I make a volcano with the onion. Okay. Um, <laughs> we all love the onion volcano. Um, the reviews, by the way, just keep on coming in. I mean, so we're in somewhere between we 200. Have, we have a, th- a th- mil- almost, one million reviews. A million reviews. Yeah. Yeah. We checked on iTunes. Review prizes, or is this sort of played out? We've got a, we've got a great new review prize coming, so, yeah, so just we better keep doing it. Hang on to that, but we'll After do it, but just hang on to Vic, that. Uh, JVL was, he, you know, you seemed very, very iffy about this Ooh. segment when we were discussing the show last week. Are you Are you disappointed by the quality of reviews that we're getting? Do people no. need to step it up? Do no, our listeners I, need to step it up our for listeners JBL? Are fine. I my concern is just that us beginning each show by reading three things of people saying nice things about us is self indulgent. Uh, self indulgent and tiresome and amusing to us, but not amusing to people who listen to the show. No, it it, it makes listeners want to be heard on the show so they'll write reviews. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> if you have thoughts you on You have this, a very low opinion of our listeners. If, if, I assume that our listeners oh, are basically just us. us. Right. I view our median listener so as if our would be perfectly comfortable sitting right here on the other side of the table hanging out with us. But if, ah, speaking you, of which, I've if, got a great, that's a great segue. But if, but if our listeners okay, ahead, if our listeners are basically us, wouldn't they just want to hear people t- saying good things about us because that's what we like? No, they'd want to hear good th- people I saying like good things about themselves. About, I like listening to myself. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, well, go ahead. Just Can kidding. I go first? Yes, go ahead. Waffle Dodger. Waffle Dodger left a fantastic review, the subject of which is, finally, a pair of jeans that fits the way I live my life. <laughs> Waffle Dodger writes, the Prana Axiom jeans are comfortable and stylish. These aren't skinny jeans for some kind of garbage millennial. The legs are... Okay, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, 
But the entire the review, we want to talk about self-indulgent oh is about God. the prana axioms, and it's a five-star review, that. and it's I awesome. All right, I saw that. That I'm no no. Vic, one of us is going to be the winner because we have to decide yeah. which of ours we yes, want to vote for. That was ridiculous. Vic, go ahead. I liked Gator Ranger, who said it feels like quote sitting in a bar talking pop culture. He says or she says, I feel like a mute fourth buddy sitting in a dive neighborhood pub listening to these guys talking. The absence of any virtue signaling is refreshing. Uh, maybe centerite people uh, can talk about the world that way. Um, anyway, I, that's exactly what we were going for, that's, was yeah, having somebody there um, and feeling like you're a part of this group because that's how we feel about our listeners. And also, as my friend uh, John Taffer says, why call it a dive bar? My friend John Taffer. Did you, you like see that? that? Did you see, did you see that? Who's Jamie? John Taffer? I don't know. Who oh that my is. gosh! Some of our listeners might know if they bar watch rescue. Bar Rescue. He's the guy on Bar what, Rescue. What's that? Oh my god! You no, I'm totally the fact bar that rescue? you don't the fact that you don't watch any TV at all makes make this difficult <laughs> sometimes. Bar Rescue is a fantastic show where John Taffer goes in and he rescues a bar and he makes it he makes it better. He like improves the the offerings. But he has very tough love tactics. Yeah, he, it's kind of like. Did you ever watch Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay? But you're familiar with Gordon Ramsay. Hell's Kitchen. Yes, yeah, not yeah, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Not Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Hell's Kitchen is like the top. Sh- Hell's Kitchen is like the idiot's top chef. Is that the one with also Gordon Ramsay? Yes. Yes. Close to you're getting close. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. I don't watch TV. Any. Anyway. Uh, anyway. So he would uh, yell and bray at. I people. have more children than the two of you combined. I should get a pass on this. Eh. Make the children watch this show. It's a good show. Um, Teach but, them about bar mechanics. That's right. Bar mecha- the stools. Uh, the height of the stools. It's really a science. It is. A it's science. a science. There's a lot of science. You in love the show. science. It's <laughs> bar science. I will tell you this: the nice people at Shuffer Huffer sent me a load of swag from Shuffer Huffer. And my oldest son really loved the Shuffer Huffer baseball cap. And so Good. while we were at the beach. Wear it in pride. My kid was the kid running around with the the beer hat. Excellent. I, I think that's, that's very cool. Child services, probably not concerned by that at all. The Over- child services wouldn't care because they would have no idea what Shuffer Huffer is. They, <laughs> they think, ass- oh, it's a good source like, of vitamin yeah. C. They would assume it's like some sort of GMO. That is yeah. good for kids. Well, sorry, as John Taffer would Flintstones say, GMOs would say why call it a dive, he'd say. Just call it a neighborhood bar. That's what he would say. So... There you go. All right, John Taver. Okay. Sonny? Uh, my review comes from Derek Meh. I mostly picked this because I like the name. Derek Meh. Five stars, of course. Five-star review. Five-star review. All five stars. Uh, all these have been five stars. Derek Meh uh, titled his review, A Good Waste of Time. This podcast is proof that sometimes even pooled ignorance can be entertaining and useful. And really, that's what I like to think of the show. It's a, just, a <laughs> col- it's just a giant pool of ignorance. Uh, so that would be my choice. That was pretty good. Vic, which of ours should win? Uh, I can go with. Uh, You're gonna, do you want to go with my, or we can uh, go with yours? Uh, I mean, I, okay, I'll I defer to you if okay. you want. If you want. Uh, I like the idea. I think that Gator Ranger Gator really Ranger hit the nail it. on the head. Good job. That's what it good is. Job, Gator welcome, Ranger. welcome to our little studio. Yeah, here. contact uh, Vic on Twitter or me on Twitter or at JV Last and soon on Twitter. In a few weeks or so, I think uh, we're going to have something great. We're going to really, have something really, good. really great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's coming in the mail. I just mm-hmm. I got to mm-hmm. get them, mm-hmm. and then we'll get them out. Requi- we'll get them out there. It requires it's, batteries. It's the, uh, we bought a hundred signed copies of Sucker Punch. That's what I <laughs> and we're and we're going to distribute them signed. to all. The problem is Zack Snyder signed the bottom of the disc. <laughs> he signed on the actual disc. It was <laughs> okay. Um, now turning to some sad news, as some of our listeners might be aware. Earlier this week, we lost a great character actor, Powers Booth. He was 68. 
Uh, Sonny, you wrote an obit on him uh, at the Washington Free Beacon. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, you know, as a, as a garbage millennial, I am most familiar with uh, uh, Powers Booth from his work on Deadwood. Um, Deadwood, of course, he played Cy Tolliver, who was kind of like the foil of... Uh, Al Swearingen, played by the great Ian McShane, in the in the first season, he played he he owned like a, a higher class brothel than the 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 saloon slash whorehouse run by Al, and he he had this he had this very vivid kind of viciousness that was uh, a perfect contrast to Al Swearingen, who was like kind of conniving and kind of he was trying to build something, he was trying to build right. this town of Deadwood, and Sai was much more parasitic. He just kind of hopped in there and was like, I'm gonna take it for everything I can and. Uh, and I, I'm going to be a mean bastard doing it. Um, uh, so, you know, it, that, that is, that is where I first, uh, kind of became aware of how great he was. And then, and then I noticed, I started noticing him in other movies that I'd seen and loved, like Tombstone, for instance, he plays Curly Bill, um, who's like the head of the gang that Johnny Ringo belongs to. He's like kind of the, the cowboys, the, the cowboys. And I, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that, that kind of we, we now, he, he, Powers Booth has achieved true immortality in our awful internet age by becoming a meme. The line, well, bye. You know, it like has, that is like that gif is now uh, a, a, a perfect rejoinder to so many things. Um, so he, he has kind of, he has kind of entered the echelon of, of greatness uh, in in many ways, um, but also of course Red Dawn, Red Dawn, and in Red Dawn he he plays a a, a Air Force Colonel who crashes and the the, the Wolverines you know rescue him and an F fifteen pilot and his 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 real purpose in the film is to serve as a font of exposition exposition to explain what has happened in the rest of the country to explain like here are all of the this is how the Russians took over this is how the Cubans came up and and it 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 really is you know one of the one of the main rules of writing is that you can have awful exposition dumps as long as you put them in the voice of a great character actor. So like The Da Vinci Code is a terrible movie that is just like nothing but talking and explaining things, but it's halfway watchable because Ian McKellen is doing half of the talking and explaining. He's just like, "Oh, okay. Ian McKellen's talking. I'll listen to him do just about anything." Uh, so, you know, Powers Booth is kind of a, another perfect example of this where you can, you can get away with just talking on screen as long as the guy doing the talking is interesting right. and has a great voice and, you know, so RIP so much Powers of it Booth. Is about, so much of it is about the voice. Yeah. Yeah. JVL, did you have Powers Booth thoughts, favorite, uh, movies? Anything? You know, it's funny. I, I had always assumed Powers Booth was a stage name. I don't think it was now i sort of went looking for this and it seems to be his given name mm. his christian name because uh, it yeah. sounds like if you were making a parody of 80s action stars you would have said you know the south park parody of this <laughs> the lead action star is powers booth yeah. uh he was great no i love man i i just love character actors as you said like him and uh I don't, I don't have it. This is the like the worst form of the substandard. Yeah, that guy was yeah. great. <laughs> but he really, you know, yeah. I he know Lauren and Deadwood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. He, uh, he was he, great in Sin City, like as yeah. the, as yeah. Rourke. He yeah. was the, 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 politician. the, the politician. The politician. Yeah. 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 No, he's great yeah. in everything he did. Sudden Death, the John claude Van Damme movie, which was the hockey movie, and he was the villain in that. The Igloo, yeah. right, in Pittsburgh? Yes. Yeah. And he was terrific. But you know where I also liked him? In was um, he was in Oliver Stone's Nixon and he plays uh, Al Haig, yeah, and he again lends the you know I mean he's advising the president um, or advising him against you know fighting this uh, the, the impeachment 
that was uh, impending uh, and, and trying to, you know, suggest that, you know, the only choice is going to be to resign because the only thing left is what? The army or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, but he, he is a terrific voice of authority. Yeah. And he played smart really well. Yeah. Which I think is an underrated capability, and he's yeah. totally credible as a as a high IQ mm-hmm. guy who can see angles around yeah. things. And well, it's all in the eyes. I mean, any every every great film actor, you you see it in their eyes. And he had these kind of very peculiar, almost narrow, like, like they were kind of narrow slits of eyes that you could just mm-hmm. see the the. Uh, and you could tell even if it's. Uh, I, I remember watching the Avengers. And they yeah. have to go to the council. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson goes to the council, and I'm thinking, I'm like, who's this guy? You only see shadow of. Yeah, that's Powers I think that's Booth. Powers Booth. Booth. Powers Booth. I don't want to be yeah. Powers Booth. Uh, although I was a little bit annoyed in some of the obits when people described him as the villain from Sin City and the Avengers, and I was just <laughs> like, well, what? okay, this is this is that's really pretty. Not this is not mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Obits written by millennials. Goddamn millennials. Uh, probably uh, garbage. That, because that's who that would is right yeah, no, Totally. <laughs> I mean, it, it probably is. Or it's people looking at like his highest grossing films or yes. something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. Stellan uh, Skarsgård. All right. <laughs> Not that he died. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, and we should, we should mention, I think it's, it is worth mentioning that he is one of the few like actual out conservatives in Hollywood. He was, he was an actual Republican. Yeah, and he, voiced they, a, he did a John McCain voiceover. He did um, in 2008, if that um, counts. And uh, this he, has nothing to do with his quality <laughs> as an actor. He was no. great independent of this, no, but it is, it is just Well, he crossed the SAG strike line in 1980, right? Oh, did he? The big act of defiance for him was there was a SAG strike, and I believe it was 80. He, I don't remember the details of this. I should have efforted this before. Uh, he was uh, nominated and won an Emmy Award, and all the actors were boycotting the Emmys, and he showed up. And he went on stage and gave a speech. Was this for his, his Jim award. Jones movie? Yes. Uh, uh, I really want to see that. I saw a bunch of people talking about this. In in, yep. in I saw a bunch of like actual smart film people talking about this instead of you know mentioning that he was on the on screen on the Avengers for two minutes, three seconds. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, I really I really want to see that. Have you seen it? No. 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 I've learned everything I need to know about Jim Jones from the Leonard Nimoy show In Search Of. <laughs> That's where I learned about Jim Can Jones. Can we do an entire In Search Of me- yeah. uh, yes. episode at some oh, point? Oh my god! Because I was. Fascinated by that as a kid, it scared the crap out of me. I, I, I think I've only seen the Amityville Horror one. That's a good one too. Um, the Bigfoot one. Yeah, oh. no, there were. You know what? They did a couple of Bigfoot ones. We'll, we'll save this for a future episode. Yeah. But and you could see some of those episodes on YouTube. Pocket that away. And it still it still scares me. It still scares <laughs> me because he's out there. Bigfoot's out there, man. Because you know expansion. Of you know cities and things like that. They're yeah, we're encroaching on big any foot. moment now. One of these days. Yes. One of these days, we'll with all of the technology we have, we'll finally catch an image <laughs> of a bigfoot. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's it for Powers Booth. R.I.P. Uh, Powers may Booth. He, may he rest in peace. A voice of authority. You know who else is a voice of authority? King Arthur. Good transition. <laughs> good. That was good. He was. Good job. If he existed. Uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword did, what, something like $14.7 million over the weekend? It's okay, though. It only cost $175 million. They rounded uh, it's up only, to 16 It the, only cost $175 million to make, so I'm sure it'll be fine. $175, it does $16 million, uh, finishes well behind Guardians of the Galaxy, and Snatched, not Snatched, which we can talk about soon, but Snatched, snatched. with uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie yes. Hawn. Um and in, in fourth place, by the way, was Fate of the Furious. And what was in fifth place? Oh, do you know what was rounding up the, in, the, in the top five in fifth place? Boss Baby. Boss Baby. I'm telling you, it will be either the number one or number two movie in America at in some August. point in the summer. <laughs> in August. Yes. Right, right. 
Okay, uh, so so uh, what the hell happened with King Arthur? Both of you guys saw it. Yeah. Um, we did not have a mini episode this week. Apologies to our, our tens of loyal listeners out there uh, <laughs> because JBL wanted to go see it. And so, it wasn't playing at the beach. And it wasn't playing at the beach. So here's my question. Do you want to review it, JBL, or do you want me to review it? Why don't you review it? Okay, because you want to. You, I assume you want to agree with me wholeheartedly, and that's why you want me to go first. Maybe. So what are that's you why say? I'm that's envisioning a, a point counterpoint. So why don't you? Uh, hey, do you, you want to know some a small bit of trivia before we start this, please? Mm. Perhaps it was an ill omen that this weekend was the 30th anniversary of the opening of Ishtar. Ishtar. Oh, Ishtar. Wow. Which. On a $55 million production budget, at that point, one of the largest ever, opened to $4 million. As a percentage, opening weekend versus total budget, nearly identical to King Arthur. Mm. Was Like 10%. Was, was Heaven, l- l- less than 10%, like 8%. Was, was Heaven's Gate worse than that? Heaven's Gate is much earlier, and yeah. so I'd have to go and yeah, run yeah, the yeah, numbers yeah, on yeah, it. Right. Um, but Not, Ishtar is one of the three yeah, yeah. or four big right, 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 right. Uh, so King Sonny, Arthur, please. or as I like to call King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, or as I like to call it, Chav King Arthur. Uh, just Chav Arthur. Can Chav, we just make that? We'll just agree that it's well, Chav Arthur. Well, how about Chav King? The Chav King. Well, that's the proper noun of. You could refer to him as the Chav King, but the movie is Chav Arthur. Okay, whatever. Chav King Arthur is what I'm going to call it. You call it whatever you want. Uh, Chav King Arthur uh, is stars Charlie Hunnam as the Chav King. He uh, is kind of like Arthur insofar as he, you know, has to pull the sword from the stone. And he, uh, once he does this, he gives him the powers of the Matrix or possibly Dragon Ball Z or possibly, <laughs> I don't know, some other mixture of awful special effects uh, nonsense. But before he can wield the sword, before he can wield, he has to undergo many trials and tribulations. He has to fight rats, uh, rodents of unusual size <laughs> in like something that m- is kind of an under, it's a dark land. He has to travel through a portal. And it the movie is like kind of incomprehensibly edited, uh, especially in the early going. Like the, the opening scene is this battle where Eric Bana, who's Arthur's father, is fighting against uh, uh, the, the evil mage Mordred and... Long story short, the uh, the uh, uh, Eric Bana is overthrown by his brother Jude Law, King who becomes King Vortigan, uh, and we see King Vortigan take power and kind of control of of the realm, and we also see uh, Arthur grow up into Charlie Hunnam in this awful montage, this like truly terribly edited montage that's like uh, like a, a tenth of a second shot of Arthur. And then, like, a smash cut to another, like, four-tenths of a second of Arthur. And then there's, like, a hard pan-right zoom. And then you... And then it's more... Arthur, and then we go to Vortigan, and it's really hard to see. And nobody quite can quite... And then, all of a sudden, Charlie Hunnam is there, and he's grown up Arthur. And he's, like, got allies, and he's got his little gang. And he's, like, punching the air and yelling. He's like, ah! Ah, we see two shots of him <laughs> punching the air. Two shots of him punching the air. God, we need a YouTube video really, cast of this. Wait, wait, he's very, he's, if you he's people like, ah! could see Sonny. And then, Careful, Sonny. And then, you might rupture a disc. And then all of a sudden, well, I already pulled my hammy. I was actually preparing for this. This is how I injured myself. And then all of a sudden, he's like, he's like head pimp of this brothel. And he's like working with Jude Law's men to uh, betray the the loyal resistance that has sprung up to fight this this magic. There there's like a Cthulhu esque uh, octopus woman in the basement of Camelot for mm. some reason. Uh, there's now I'm intrigued. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> uh, lots there's, of tentacles, Vic. So many tentacles. Oh my god. 
You would well. I mean, this movie as, will do well as, overseas. As, and as, as a Japanese hold on, person, Vic and would be really the octopus tentacle woman has two younger tentacle teenage daughters. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's like not kidding. It's like it's like Macbeth's weird <gasps> sisters, but like Vic with has passed out. with like Cthulhu. I don't. Anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, long story short, uh, he becomes King Arthur and uses magic, and everybody is real chabby. And there's a guy named Kung Fu George in it. There's a there's a. Why are you looking at me, Sir when you George? Say that? Sir George, one of the loyalist of the Round Table members. Actually, was a guy named Kung Fu George before he was knighted. I want everyone to know that. And now, uh, now he's on the the round table. The whole movie is bad and incomprehensibly shot and horribly edited. And it, uh, it it's not the problem. Isn't so much that it bears no real uh, relation to the Arthurian legend, so much as it is like totally tonally wrong. And we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Guy Ritchie and what he does well later. But this movie was bad from start to finish. All the performances are bad. Even Jude Law, who I like a lot in many things, is is playing the evil King Vortigern as like kind of a kind of like a Vegas lounge singer. He's got a shirt that's unbuttoned to his navel almost, and he's kind of he's got like one leg up on his throne. And he's like you know kind of lounging. It's just awful. The whole thing is terrible. And there's a reason nobody saw it uh, because it looked terrible in the advertising. And sometimes there is truth in advertising. This movie's bad. This movie's one of the worst movies. I think I've ever seen. At the very least, Eric Bana was in it. I'm glad he's getting work. the best part. The best part about Eric Bana is he plays he plays Arthur's father, and we find out that the sword in the stone, the stone of the sword in the stone, is actually Eric Bana because he throws the sword, he throws Excalibur up in the air, and then it it lands on him and it stabs him in the back, and that's what kills him, and then it turns him into stone, and he falls into the lake. Can't believe them out now. I'm I mean, not going to see it. Really? Now. Thanks. Thanks Good. a lot. I, I hope I, see I hope I spoiled it for everyone who was really interested in learning <laughs> the origin story of the stone from the, this is really this movie really is the origin story of the stone from the sword in the stone. That's how that's how goddamn terrible it is. You can do you know you can watch uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword and then watch the Disney cartoon <laughs> right. that wonderful Disney yeah. cartoon yeah. Sword in the Stone. JBL, Jonathan. JBL, what did you think of this movie? It's great. Oh. I loved the crap out of this movie. Oh uh-huh. my gosh, here we go. It is, in fact, the best movie of 2017 so far. Mm-hmm. Sonny, I have a question. Did you see yeah. it in 3D? I did not see it in it's 3D. It's possible that your negative reaction is because you did not see it in the medium to which <laughs> That's it true. was intended. I, 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 this movie uh, really rewards 3D viewing. Is it like a lot of swords it's being stuck the, in your face? The auteur's intent was, was spited by me by not... So I was fully prepared to come in here and troll the crap out of you with like a full on like, oh, you had to see it in 3D. This is one of the greatest movies ever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I can't do that because my honest appraisal of it was that it's a pretty good movie. Mm. It is not. It is not, in fact, the best movie of 2017. This is, this is like, how I don't. You... I don't have a trollish See, this is like, how you... oh, it's the greatest ever. Uh, this I, is how you set up a good troll, though, is that you say, oh, I'm not trolling. It's not trolling if it's true. I didn't love it. It was just great. <laughs> Go on. I Go thought on. it was pretty good. There was a lot to like about it. Uh, I would say it's easily the best sword and sorcery movie since The Two Towers. This is a low bar, but uh, but th- it is. There's just a lot of things to like about you it. You think it's better than Return <laughs> of the is... King? <laughs> oh, Yeah. Okay. Um, he's, remember, folks, garbage. he's not trolling. He's not trolling here. He's saying that 
uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword is better than you, Return of the King. Just, you, F, you just FYI. You will not find a bigger Lord of the Rings fan than this guy. Mm. Uh, I have Fellowship of the Ring movie memorabilia sitting on my in, in my office right now, mm-hmm. just a few mm-hmm. feet away from mm-hmm. here. Uh, that said, I am not blinded to the fact that Return of the King is a mess of a movie, which Final, which showed you that Peter Jackson had been broken by the experience of trying to make that that trilogy. He was a Fellowship is a truly classic, great movie, top twenty all time movie. Two Towers is a very good movie, and after that, Peter Jackson has not made a single picture that's any good. Um, <clears throat> this is a good movie. It is a movie that is interesting. It has things to say. It has a theory of why it exists. It has been made with care. It is not perfect. I agree with you completely about some of the haphazard editing. Not always, but there are a few scene, like little scenes which are so out of place and come transitioned into and out of so inartfully that they feel like studio notes. The Dark World? Uh no, I didn't mind the dark world, but they're they're almost like exposition scenes where he appears with his his French mage girl, who may or may not be Guinevere. And anyway, so we'll we'll get to the things I don't like, I guess, in a moment. But there there's a lot to like. Jude Law is great in this. I love evil Jude Law. The way he sort of reclines on the throne mm. is fabulous. I mean, he really is lounging across it in a way which is funny and impudent and interesting. Uh, there's a Fabulous. Look, if you are ever a D&D dork or a gauntlet player dork, uh, showing how actual combat with mages, sorcerers, if you will, uh, would work, which is how this movie opens with a big, is fantastic. Of course, the sorcerers are sort of held at a distance while the conventional forces move in front of them. It's very interesting and, again, shows a lot of thought. Is the first time we've ever seen how a plus five ice sword would actually work in combat. Um, See. I am look, I'm kidding. I set this up uh, as a joke to you, but I am maybe no, slightly serious, know. slightly serious in that if Why you, are you accept, taking off your pants? If you accept the proposition of a magic sword, uh-huh. what would be magic about it? How would that work? And the idea that it turns things into the matrix sort of is an acceptable explanation for that, uh-huh. I think. Um what do you think it's made out of? So Myth- it's mithril adamantium. But here's, here so here's what I liked about it though. The real things I liked about it, it is a fully lived in world. It is it takes enor- to say it takes liberties with the origins of King Arthur are is is not to go far enough. It really reinvents it all, but it invents it in a way which makes sense, is coherent, and has an interesting idea. And the idea is that a king is indistinguishable from a gangster, and that's not wrong. I mean, this is this is uh, you can have a good gangster or a bad gangster. You have a good king or a bad king, but all power flows through the person. The power is absolute, and the loyalty is absolute. And so, it makes sense that a guy who becomes a king, a good king, begins his start by being a good gangster, which is what he is. And I actually loved that montage scene that you hated so much. Uh, I felt like it builds, it brings us along with Arthur. It tells us who he is. Probably better in three D. <laughs> I didn't actually see it in three. As I said, I was prepared to do a full, full troll of you on all this. Um, it's a, uh, it's great. I love the fact that his crew refers to him as boss. It's funny. I mean, so you have this. As I said, it's a lived-in world. So you have 
King Vortigan, who's Jude Law's character, with his army of, they call them the, the Black Legs, his troops. But they're not all bad. Some of them literally are bent cops, which is why they're in King Arthur's, well, he's not king yet, but when he's working at the brothel, he's in there, they're in his pocket, and he's paying them off so they can he can do his own thing. And there's this great moment early in the film where he is talking with one of the Black Legs, and they're just telling a story of how he wound up fighting with some Vikings to get money for a prostitute whom the Vikings had hurt. Mm -hmm. And it's vintage Guy Ritchie storytelling, and it's where you have intercutting flashbacks with current scenes, and it's very quick, and it's funny. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were not a ton of people in the audience when I saw this, uh, but everybody laughed. Mm -hmm. Like, it was really... It it played very well. There were a lot of idiots at my press screening who laughed as well. It's... Uh, My my problem with those scenes, and I usually really like that sort of thing from Guy Ritchie. I really liked it in Man From U.N.C.L.E. I like it in, in Snatch and... It just feels so out of place here. It just it feels it feels because so out of fresh. place in this milieu, and it feels he's like, reinventing the sword and sorcery yeah, pick. I mean, you can reinvent things poorly, though. Is like there there like you, the problem is there there really hasn't been an extremely good like what is there to reinvent really in the sword and sorcery uh, uh, epic? I mean, like it, you you have the Lord of the Rings movies, and those are the only good ones. Right, and so we've got this tired. We've had you know the the Warcraft movies, and the Hobbit movies, and they, I would say the Warcraft movie is actually much better than King Arthur: Legend of the Sword. I have not seen Warcraft, so I I could not has say that. Been, has there ever been a movie made of the video game Gauntlet? Is that <laughs> you movie? know what? Give them time. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're working on it. <laughs> so, somebody in Hollywood is listening to this podcast and going, "Yes, wait a minute, yes, yes, tentpole 2025." Right. Uh, no, but the, look the. Here's what I would say. Again, it has an idea for what a king is and for a plausible, interesting evolution of Arthur and explanations to how he becomes who he is. It gives him a totally earned character arc. So Arthur in this doesn't want to be king. And the moment where he finally gets worn down to turn around on this is when other people, he realizes that other people have been willing to die for him. And that freaks him out so much that he tries to abdicate and run away from it. And the only thing that makes him turn is that when the Lady of the Lake shows him George Bailey style, a vision of what the future would looks like without his intervention. And that is when he decides, fine, I'll pick up the mantle here and I will do this. And the moment when he... We, the, we certainly haven't seen anything like that before in, say, like Fellowship of the Ring, where Galadriel shows the Hobbit just how I, awful Hobbiton is I am, when the Hobbit abdicates. What I'm saying is, so what we have here is a Hobbit king, or or not saying it's original, but I'm saying that it it earns the character arc when he when he makes his turn. It's the laziest character. It's the laziest character arc of all time. It's one predicated on revenge. It's one. It's one that just takes the Arthurian. I mean, a a, a guy I follow on Twitter, Stephen Gradonis. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. uh, A Catholic film critic made the very good point that this is. A movie that takes the Arthurian legend and boils it down to the laziest Hollywood trope, which is revenge. He wants revenge for against the guy who killed his father, and that's really and that's what and that's really what is motivating him here. It's it's not the no, I don't think it's it not is. it's not the this sacking of not, Hobbiton. That's it's, it's that's him. simply wrong. That's simply a wrong reading of what the film shows. Now he he is happy to have revenge. There's the one line where he says, you know, I'll I'll kill him, but I'll kill him for me. Um, but. Th- yeah. This is bluster that runs counter to everything else he has shown us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I, like I said, I think it's pretty, the costume design is fantastic. Sonny, and, <laughs> it, was, 
<laughs> is that what we've come down to now? Yeah. No, every piece of clothing is interesting. It's half period. It's half anachronistic. So, Sonny, can you please recount yeah. your... The only... I will just say this to set you up. The only thing missing from the costumes... Needed more pouches. More pouches. More pouches. <laughs> more pouches. Now, Sonny, can you please explain yeah. that? So, uh, the, the short version of this story is somebody on Twitter tweeted out a photo of the, a poster from the movie, and it is Charlie Hunnam wearing basically a Bane jacket, like one of the shearling coats, kind of. Uh, except in a kind of a bomber cut, it's the it's it's looks ridiculous. Like everything else in this movie, it looks ridiculous. But he has two belts on for some reason. It's got it, not one belt, but and the you know the caption was like, "How do we make King Arthur cool for people? I don't know. Let's give him a bane coat and two belts." And then immediately after that, I saw Rob Liefeld, the comic book artist who is known for belts. putting belts and pouches, and pouches on things, tweet. Yeah, I loved King Arthur. So what? <laughs> and it's just like this is it's the this most is, perfect. This is thing this ever. is actually who this movie appeals to is dum dums. <laughs> it's uh, dum dums with no sense of style uh, or clothing taste. Every once in a while, the internet just decides on a thing that they're going to beat up on and hate. And mm-hmm. I think that King Arthur became one of those things. I, I think, objectively speaking, just as as an objective matter, putting away my own predilections, mm-hmm. this is a better movie than Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Just, just, just a better made movie, no. a better thought through movie, better in every conceivable way. Not it's soundtrack. Worse acted, soundtrack worse, worse acted, worse acted, worse, worse special oh, effects. No. Worse soundtrack. Worse uh, special worse, effects. Worse, worse special effects, yes. Worse uh, editing, worse directing, worse three D. I, I assume. I just disagree <laughs> on, on all accounts uh, of this. I mean, and it, yet just, everybody's willing to give Guardians of the Galaxy two a pass, but this they decide. Oh, we got to really hate it. Let's you know, all hate it. You know why I will? Uh, I would give Guardians of the Galaxy a pass and recommend people see it. And I won't do the same for Chav King Arthur because you love Chris Pratt. Is so because much. is because uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two didn't make my eyes hurt when I tried to watch it with all its vicious whip pans and smash felt like you're gonna get a seizure i mean i like honestly i thought i was stroking out in the theater you know again this is a thing this is a criticism that i am sensitive to because i often feel it i i did not have any of those reactions to this so jvl you felt like this was a good choice for guy Ritchie to do to direct after the last well so here's here's what's interesting do you know so this is not really a guy Ritchie film Guy Ritchie directs it, but this is not his product. He's brought in as a director for hire because the backstory on this, which is another reason people were were willing and ready to hate it, uh, is that this this movie is the product of a British screenwriter named Joby Harold. I was not aware of all this stuff until I read it on the really fantastic new email newsletter called The Ankler by Richard Rushfeld, who everybody should rush out and subscribe to. It's free for now. You should get it while it's free, and then you should pay him whenever he decides to start charging. Um, so Joby Harold went and sold this to Warner Brothers as a franchise. And what he said is, I'm going to give you... One movie, King Arthur, with a franchise Bible, which will allow you to do, I'm doing finger signs, eight spinoffs, <laughs> one for each night of the round table, and Warner Brothers jumped at it, and th- the entire thing is literally chasing the franchise, and he Jeez. then went to Lionsgate and sold Lionsgate, <laughs> I'm going to give you a Robin Hood but it'll be a franchise because it'll be a reimagining. You can do ones on Little John and ones on Richard and all ones on Maid Marian. So what you're saying is we need a a Terminator. We need another entry in the Terminator series where someone goes back in time and kills his mother before he's born (laughs) because this is the worst person in the movie industry. It's a pretty bad 
thing. Uh, but anyway, so so Warner Brothers buys this series and then went around looking for a director and settled on on Guy Ritchie. So this is not unlike most Guy Ritchie projects, which are his projects that he brings along. Was the man from Uncle? I believe it was, and this was actually greenlit before the Man from Uncle came out. Huh. So this has been in production for a yeah. while. But what, what do you think? Sorry? Or in development, I should say. Do you, do you think this was a smart choice for Guy Ritchie? Well, I'm I'm actually a really big fan of Guy Ritchie. I, like this is what I don't I don't like attacking this movie because I am uh, I am like kind of cheering for Guy Ritchie in most mm-hmm. things. I actually watched mm-hmm. The Man from Uncle for the first time mm-hmm. uh, after seeing King Arthur because I was like. You know, I, it had gotten positive reviews. I think mixed positive, but positive reviews. And I, I was kind of curious, so I went, I went back and watched it. And it's really good. It's fun. It's jazzy. It's entertaining. It's like it's set in the what is it, the late '60s or early '70s. And it's you would say the Man from Uncle is really good, but you're slagging. I would say off it's, on King it's, Arthur. It's a hundred times better than King Arthur. It's a, it. it I, it, well, it's it just it's, I don't even know how to respond to that. It's so much it's so much more fun and uh, uh, like kind of light and, and again like it it fits it fits the idea of what it's trying to do, which is to make a kind of light fun spy movie with all the like slide mm. pan like whatever those the like what are, I don't even know what the technique is called where you have like three things going on split at the same screen. time the split screens yes. right right. So like I, I like I really like that. I thought it worked fine. I'm not a big fan of the Sherlock Holmes movies, but those get along on the charms of Robert Downey Jr. and Jude yeah. Law fine. But his his best movies are the his 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 uh gangster flicks. I mean he really is like the British Tarantino yeah. in the Lockstock so, snatch. Which is why King Arthur milieu. works. Right. But it doesn't. It doesn't though, is the is the problem. It is a gangster so now, movie. So now, and it's so, a gangster so maybe, maybe, and it's a maybe. very good so, idea. So it maybe, maybe it doesn't work because Charlie Hunnam is so terrible. Like what if maybe we what if we put somebody else in that role? You know, I went That's, back and forth between thinking, yeah, this guy isn't all that good, to then thinking, well, I don't know, he's not bad. I didn't. But I would love to go back and I don't know, like Vinnie Jones. In that okay, role well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, what I'm you're sorry. saying JVL is that it was a smart choice from you're saying it wasn't exactly a smart choice for Guy Ritchie to do this film. You know, it's a smart choice. Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> You will get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's a no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave. Or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. When I use my Dollar Shave Club executive razor with their Doc Carver's Shave Butter, the blade glides ever so gently and gives me such a smooth shave. Plus... Their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave, helps prevent ingrown hairs and fights razor bumps. Now, listeners to the substandard can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. In your first month, you get an awesome, weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their shave butter. After your first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at the regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. Cancel at any time. Uh, but why would you? You can only get this exclusive offer at dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash substandard. Uh, you were saying, gentlemen, about the Vic, Guy Ritchie oeuvre. Vic, that was a really good 
<laughs> read of the, and I'm sorry that I didn't. Get, requires, I didn't get the. I didn't get the signal. Or the Dollar Shave Club really, you know, I I feel bad that I stepped on your your. I was, I was wondering sorry. if you would pick it up, but you guys were no. We were, so well, we were. Well, we were. We so were very. It's, it's very heated right yes, now, and uh, I've taken off my jacket. I've rolled up my sleeves. Your glasses are off. The thermostat. It's just. It's just. It's out of control here. So, uh, talking about the guy Richie Ouvra. Um, King Arthur aside, uh, when you think about him at his best, what do you think of JVL? Are you saying we should rank the oh, guy, Rich? Perhaps. Can we, can we rank them? Rank them! Rank them! <laughs> Are you going to rank them all? No. Okay, good. I'm just going to give you the three best Spider Man movies. number one, right? The best guy, three best guy, Richie movies. Coming in at number three, King Arthur. I really. <laughs> no, I'm wow. not. Something. Okay. I, I'm, again, I'm not. Hey, Vic, what time is it? <laughs> uh, 49.13. You. It's great for all the reasons I said. It's uh, it's it's funny. It earns its moments. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting concept. The execution's great. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I will watch it again. Number two, Snatch. Uh, Snatch is really so many times when a director goes back to the well off of his break for the same sort of thing after his breakout hit. The second version is terrible and a retread in this i think snatch is actually a more fully realized version of lock stock and two smoking barrels where where richie is better at everything and has figured out how to do what he was sort of groping his way towards mm-hmm. in the dark with lock stock um funniest brad pitt ever made jason statham a star sort of you know who are you gonna shoot with that tommy the germans the germans <laughs> before the germans get here vinnie jones the greatest yeah. athlete turned actor ever Certainly a lot better than David Beckham in King Arthur. Yeah. David Beckham, <laughs> David Beckham doesn't even stand the pro- right. In the King problem, Arthur. the problem with David Beckham, if we can just, uh, I forget this every time uh, I see him play because he's a fantastic soccer player. He's very good at the sport. Does he ever bend the ball? He bends it. He bends it mm. like, like, okay, like, like a guy. <laughs> doesn't uh, matter. Uh, but like, I forget that he has like this really high pitched, awful <laughs> voice. Vic. God. Vic. You know, I, I if I'll I could just both. say yes. when yeah. when that movie came out, yeah. there the, the variety was running ads for it constantly mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. summer long mm-hmm. in the print variety. Yes, which I remember. We still got. I remember. And the big banner quote they used from some review was, "I'm going to try to remember." Kiera Knightley is the sexiest tomboy bean pole ever, and it was the type of thing. I, and I would see this every single week in Variety, <laughs> and I would read it and think, "I'm sorry, isn't that kind of creepy to yeah. say about yeah. this just girl who's like 16 and just a bit?" But not only was it like not creepy, but the the studio was like, "Yeah, we're going to use that as our chief way of advertising yeah, this movie." movie. Well, to be fair, they're advertising it to Hollywood perverts, so and Vic, <laughs> and Vic. Okay, you were saying. Sorry to interrupt. You were talking about David Beckham. David Beckham's voice is terrible. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like reedy and high pitched, and like it's Mike Tyson. (laughs) He's the British Mike Tyson. It's it's that's actually a very good comparison. Yeah. Um. So number number three, King Arthur. Number two, Snatch. Number one, Sherlock Holmes, which reinvents the Sherlock Holmes myth as essentially lethal weapon. It draws on the Hugh Laurie uh, House Wilson dynamic, which is also another Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Many people don't realize this, but House is a straight. Uh, porting over oh, the Sherlock Holmes myth, um, it, it 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 works as an action movie. It works as a mystery. It works as a buddy cop adventure. It works as a comedy. Everything in it is fresh and invigorating. It made Mark Strong into a star in the U.S. It is one mm. extraneous set piece away from being a perfect movie. There's one too many set pieces. If they had pulled one of them out, like it's about a seven minute thing where the pig bodies are exploding, 
then the movie is literally perfect. Mm. There is nothing in it to change. It was a little bit long, right? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was, this yeah, is one. Yeah, there was just yeah. one too many of these grand yeah. adventure things. Uh, but the real best one, I said that that was number one, but the real number one on this list, Layer Cake. <laughs> Layer Cake is not directed by Guy Ritchie, but it is the first movie Every from time. Guy Ritchie's protege, oh, Matthew Vaughn, who produced... Both Lock, Stock, mm-hmm. and Snatch, and was only given the chance to do Layer Cake on the strength of that in his association. Is Guy, with Guy Ritchie, Ritchie anywhere in the credits of Layer Cake? No, but his fingerprints <laughs> are all not, over it. So it's not a Guy Ritchie his movie at finger, all. Okay. His fingerprints are all over it, gotcha. and I love that movie so much that I want to give Guy Ritchie some credit for being involved okay. in it um, spiritually. You know what? One of my favorite Spielberg movies is um, uh, Forrest Gump. Thank you. My favorite Spielberg movie is uh, Super Eight. <laughs> Super Eight. But see, that's okay. a reasonable thing to say. Okay. Uh, because Super yeah. 8 doesn't exist without Steven Spielberg. Uh, that's true. That's true. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, you know what? Uh, for me, the, number three on, on the Guy Ritchie list is a short um, called Star. Do you remember this? Uh, we got this when we were subscribing to Variety, um, and including the Gotham edition of Daily Variety. Uh, they would sometimes send you promos from different movies. And I got the promo. This is from like, uh, I don't know, 2000 or whatever. Of uh, DV, oh, 2003. It was a DVD of uh, BMW. Uh, oh, I remember this. Put together a car series, sort of like um, the Audi. Yes, yes it, Audi. It, it, it was. It was. It, well, it was a BMW, yeah. and they did it for. It was like their version of the Transporter, <coughs> yeah, right. or the driver. Uh, driver, the driver with Ryan Gosling, except for with Clive Owen. Wasn't it called the Driver? It was called it was literally called it was the, driver. Called the, driver. Called the Driver. The Hire. It was called the Hire. Oh, the Hire. Oh, the Hire. Yes. The Hire. Yeah. Dri- and Drive was the Ryan Gosling yeah. movie. The. Uh, it sort of satisfied our curiosity about what would Clive Owen be like if he were James Bond or something like that. And you know what? Pretty good. It James was pretty Bond. great. Yes. So now, how uh, did you watch that? Because you didn't have a DVD player at that time. Did on you? my iMac or whatever it was oh, at the God. office. <laughs> yes, popped it in. Or you rather? I'm sorry. You had a DVD player at home, but you hadn't figured out how to plug it into the television. Yeah. Was that? <laughs> it just right. took ten years for that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, the uh, that's a throwback. That's that a throwback is, to an is, early that episode. Is, that of is the a substandard. throwback. I was thinking. Like, did we mention about my Blu-ray player? We must have. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, search were, through the archives, yes, people. Oh, you got to download all the old episodes. They really do reward repeated listening. They I do. Knew. They do. They do. The uh, there were five shorts, by the way, and they had terrific directors. Uh, one of them was John Frankenheimer, and uh, Guy Ritchie, of course, Alejandro Iñárritu, Carwai Kong, and Mickey Rourke has a cameo in that one, and uh, Ang Lee. Uh, actually, my favorite of those shorts was the one by Ang Lee. It's where Clive Owen picks up this cowboy, and then they go to the mountains, and then they become lovers. Is he broke? Broke back? Is it BMW? really brooding? Is the higher, the broke back higher. <laughs> is it brooding and about it's repression? A, it's a, yes, Ooh. yes. No, uh, the one he does. Uh, Guy he wants to drive, but yes. then he's not sure that he should. Uh, Yes, and I was going to make a joke, but I won't. Uh, uh, In Star, he actually um, has Madonna be his uh, uh, be the star in this, and and she gets thrown around the car and uh, gets treated poorly. Uh, But that was when Guy Ritchie was married to Madonna. Uh, Number two, I would say Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, Surprising, I did not. I remember when the promos came out, and I got invited to uh, to see uh, you know the screening of it and the whole deal. And I didn't, and I'll tell you why. I had this weird thought at the time that, oh, this sounds like it's just a riff on Pulp Fiction, you know? 
And I don't know how much of it, uh, Guy Ritchie was influenced by Pulp Fiction, but I thought, and I remember somebody here, Matt Reese in our office was like, oh, if you love Pulp Fiction, you're going to love Two Smoking, mm-hmm. a lock stock, Two Smoking Bass. And I thought to myself, that just rubs me the wrong way. Did you not like Pulp Fiction? I liked it, but I liked it so much that I was defensive uh-huh. about it, uh-huh. if that makes any sense. And then I finally watched uh, Lock Stock you know, at home, and I thought it was fantastic. But Snatch, as you were saying, is sort of the the perfection of that. So he gets everything right in Snatch. And I'll tell you what else I like. The, the wonderful cast, like Benicio Del Toro, Alan Ford, right. who is in both movies, but also Dennis Farina. Dennis Farina is so great Love in this Dennis movie. Farina. Dennis Farina basically being Dennis Farina, but also, you know, he's, he, but this time not a gangster, but a jeweler gangster sort of, but in the jewelry business, as they yeah. say. And Brad Pitt, funniest oh. yeah. he's oh. ever been. And Brad Pitt is underrated as a comedy presence. He's underrated as an actor. But his... Pikey stuff. Yeah. What he oh, does with the language in it is so funny, and it's tremendous. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Uh, Sonny, uh, I'll go quickly. Uh, oh, yeah. n- number three, Man from Uncle, which again I just watched recently, so there's a little bit of recency bias here. But I thought it was really, I thought it was really well done and and fun and light and jazzy. And this is this is a movie that actually should have turned into a franchise, and it never will because it bombed. The one mistake, I think, is that they they, they got the casting slightly wrong. Uh-huh. That Army Hammer and Henry Cavill should have been flipped. Mm. Henry Cavill should have played the like kind of stoic Russian with uh-huh. prone to fits of anger, and Army Hammer should have been the suave, kind of roguish American. Frankly, Army Hammer should have played both parts. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, I don't think I'm only can, halfway kidding. I don't kidding. think he can do it. I it don't think been, he's ever done that before. Yeah, no, he's never. He would never. No. But I'm but only I, halfway I, but, no, kidding. No, but I mean, that, that's that's an interesting idea, and probably would. I mean, I like Henry Cavill more than you do. I think, but like, I, 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 imagining it as a is just like just flipping those two roles makes it like ten percent better in my mind. But he is charmless. Now he may have screen charisma and can do something. I actually like. I actually like his Clark Kent in Superman. Yeah. But playing a suave guy who charms the ladies does not, does does not, not work. work at you, all. You liked him better than Brandon Ralph. Yeah. Uh, so I think Brian Singer like Brandon Ralph better. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Number two, since nobody has mentioned it, I'm going to go with Rock and Roller. Uh, oh, which I think is, I which I think is actually again another very underrated kind of uh, this, one of these British gangster movies. This is the movie where I think Mark Strong turns in his best Guy Ritchie performance in this movie as the kind of fixer helper guy. Um, everyone should see that. And number one is Snatch. I mean, I I really think Snatch is his best film. I think it really is like it is the moment where he goes from Tarantino knockoff to Tarantino equal, and he only stays there for about two movies. But like. It uh it 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 is it is really perfect. Again, you mentioned the cast, and it just from top to Alan bottom, Ford, gritty, just every pigs, everything is dogs and pigs. But and it's pigs. one of these movies where you can jump into at any moment yes. and watch it for like yes. thirty minutes and yes. then jump back out yes. of because it's and the editing on this is so tight. I mean, this yeah. is a yeah. the the you mentioned the editing with King Arthur, and I don't disagree with that. But what's really striking is in his best movies, the editing is absolutely something you notice and it's it's brilliant and inventive and smart uh, and for instance even you know, in the very beginning when they're introducing Frankie Four Fingers who's the Benicio del Toro uh, he's on the phone with Dennis Farina he's just stolen the diamond Dennis Farina says whatever you do don't go to a casino and you get then like a four second cut which is not moving pictures, but still yeah. photos yeah. of with, Frankie sitting with, with Viva Las with Vegas, Viva in Las back. Vegas in the background, and it's ge- like everything it's be- about that is beautiful, genius. It's beautiful. Yeah, the milk scene too, also. Yeah, like cutting yeah, together all good. the guys yeah, in the car. Together. Perfect, exactly, just perfect. Exactly. And again, pigs. Yeah. Mm. Uh, corrections, additions. I have none. I have a couple of corrections. Go for it. 
Aaron Frank, buddy of mine, longtime friend of the show, emails in. I was listening to the last substandard while making dough for pizza, and <laughs> what you were talking about, non with some sort of sauce and cheese and faux meat, that's not pizza. Fact. That may be many things. It might even be tasty, but it is definitely not pizza. It's not pizza. Yeah, he may not be wrong. Number two, I got a, an email from uh, another friend of the show, Kevin Benversi, about the Hulk and explaining something I did not know. Yes. I'm surprised I did not know this. Um, there's a reason we don't have a Marvel Hulk. Do you know why, Sonny? This is right up our uh, It right has to do alley. with distribution ownership. deals. And- uh, shared ownership of the character. Right. So they... Marvel, if doing a standalone Hulk movie, has to split money with Universal uh, mm-hmm. two ways. But when they include Hulk as a team, the the percentage they have to give to Mar- to Universal becomes very small. Mm-hmm. And so this is yeah. why they're just not going to spend their resources making something where they get a, a smaller slice of the yeah. pie. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Substandard listener James FX O'Gara confirms, by the way, that the Armands on Wisconsin Avenue in D.C. is closed. Oh. Uh, there are only four Armands in Maryland and one in Delaware now. Um, in- interestingly, Armands was the first DC pizza place to offer delivery in the city, and they had the f- city's first food trucks. Posted. Interesting, very interesting. Uh, spirit of the week this week is 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 it, we, we we're going a little on the lighter side. Well, because we're we we are taping at ten in the morning, morning. so the it vodka is, and that's right. You're you know, listening to it. You're listening to it at eleven. Or, we yeah. just taped this, um, and it's uh, Bailey's Irish Cream. Which Bailey's. is good with anything or without anything. Yeah. You can drink a, By the way, you know who makes a good Irish cream? Michael Caine. He makes a very good Irish cream. He brought it over to our, our New Year's uh, party, um, and uh, it lasted for a good. He's very. He is he's a man of many talents, Michael. Well, Caine. You can make your own Irish cream. Oh, uh, next time you uh, see Michael Caine, ask him. How about do you do it. that? Oh, he'll tell you. It involves uh, coffee and just, Irish whiskey. Yeah, we don't. Uh, there's no time for that. Right? It's delicious. Okay, okay. It's a whole that's it. That's right. Okay, that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Again, uh, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, just type in Substandard or a podcast, and we are there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell it, JV Last on Twitter at JV Last what you think of all the things that you've heard today. Very good. And don't forget, the Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. Until next time. Uh, Mother's Day. Uh, did you have a nice Mother's Day? No, not okay. JVL. That's a that's a no go zone for me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hit mute for JVL. Uh, Sonny, yours was nice. Yeah, it was. I don't know where this is going. No, no, yes, no. Just ask. Do you have a story? No, you just don't. You know what? It was supposed to be nice and easy, but the kids were the ones who insisted that mommy get breakfast in bed. Uh, which, by the way, is just an incredible sort of pain in the. I don't uh, quite. I, I you know we were discussing this. I've never yeah. quite understood the appeal of breakfast in bed. Like the idea of eating in your own bed and getting your filth all over the <laughs> sheets and like in the mattress. It's right. terrible. It's right. a hotel you thing, right? It's an, uh, even for, even a hotel, hotel. I will hotels, I'll wheel in no, the yeah, table I, and I'm sitting in a chair in the hotel the, room. The, if if they wheel in a table and they're like, where should I put it? I'm like on the table because I eat at a table like a, a civilized human. Right. Right. No, but what I'm saying is, at a hotel, you have breakfast in your bed. And then the sheets and everything are changed yeah, but, before you sleep in it. But again. I don't. I don't like to eat in that posture, like, kind of like slouched back, like the reclining at table. Yeah, no. It's, okay. I, I like to sit at a table like with your sandals on, your belt girt. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, if it's after five, I'm wearing a full tuxedo because I'm not a farmer. Lemon, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm, I am? <laughs> the the fantasy that we uh, that people have when they think about breakfast in bed is Al Capone and the Untouchables. I think. 
that scene in Brian De Palma's Untouchables, and they have that music, and the guy goes up the hotel staircase, and there's Al Capone. And by the way, he's already looks like he's washed and you know showered, and his hair is combed, like gotten back into, and bed. he got back into bed wearing the silk pajamas and cigar, and then he gets served. Uh, the the breakfast and that's what people think, but in fact it's like, look, I did breakfast in bed five days in a hospital once. Okay, it's not great. It's yeah. it's 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 not fun. But the uh, and it's me- messy. It's like ah, you know, moving things. Around. We didn't even have a real tray, so we brought in sort of this fake tray, and then Kate had to balance it on her legs. Uh, I made uh, eggs and toast, and I said to Sabrina, she wanted to help out. I said, you are not carrying the tray. That's obvious. That's a recipe for disaster. A recipe for disaster. So she put uh, butter on the toast, and Michael says, I'll do the water. And he took the water, and then he went into the, um, uh, the the pantry and got food coloring, and thought it would be cool to make uh, Kate's water colored this like uh, fake wild blue. <laughs> How did she respond to that? Yeah, she said, "I'm sure it's fine." 